0: Welcome to the Cosmos in You podcast, where we interview scientists, philosophers, and leading thinkers to discuss the nature of our reality and the impact it has on our daily lives.
1: In today's interview with Drew Harriet, we discuss his personal transformative experience that led him into this work— The experiment shown in his most recent film, Power of the Heart, that proves that the heart knows things that are going to happen prior to us being aware of it. Crazy experiment. Drew's practical tips on how he builds mindfulness into his daily practice. These are amazing. You are definitely going to want to tune into these. I love these. And his personal experiences with lucid dreaming, what it is, how you do it, and what it's been like for him this and so, so much more. I can't wait for all of you to listen in on this mind-blowing episode, so let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Cosmos in You. I am really excited today to bring our next interviewee, which is Drew Harriet, who is an Australian-born director and coming live from Melbourne today. Uh, He's best known for his inspirational films, including The Secret, which uh, became the highest-selling DVD in the U.S., he has been a director for 20 years, directing award-winning films, commercials, top-rated television shows, and his latest feature film, The Power of the Heart, features Maya Angelou, Paolo Coelho, and Eckhart Tole, and it is truly incredible. I highly recommend everybody check it out on iTunes. Welcome, Drew.
0: Hi, Susanna. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. I'm excited to dive in with you. Absolutely. So I'd love to start to finding out what drew you to making these types of films, such as The Secret, Power of the Heart. What's your personal connection to these topics?
0: I I just tend to find that that's my, my personal fascination in life generally. I I'm always looking for what gives me deep fulfillment and I tend to find it in these areas. So I tend to read a lot of um, material about um, personal development and then I try and distill some of the more complex concepts and make them as simple as possible for other people to hear and integrate and adopt. So I just love it. It's just what fascinates me. Since I was like 14 or 15, I think, actually, and and I had a feeling that, uh, there was some great work to be done in the world with all of this and where some people might have that drummed out of them. I, I kept the vision alive and I'm still doing it. So it's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Was there a time in your life where it was, where you, you know, felt like it was pushed aside or you were moved direction? And if so, what brought you back?
0: Well, that's really interesting. It's, um, there's been a time in my life where I was probably about 18 and I felt like, the world was exceptionally superficial, and I looked around and I saw people. I was at school at the time, so I saw people on the school bus who would be in an argument with one another. Then good music would come on, and they'd jump up and start dancing. I thought, did they? Did they have any? How, do, how can they flip between emotions like that? It all seems so fickle. And so I was deeply pondering unconditional love and all these all these things that seemed like that they were a far cry from where most people were living. And then. Um, I got quite deep into that belly button gazing and, <laughs> and then eventually decided that it was, um, I couldn't find an answer to it. And in that um, absence of any meaning, I started to feel like it might just be nice to return to the source of life just to, you know, I was, I was, it was my only slightly suicidal moment in my life. So I was laying there on my bed contemplating how much easier it would be just to, you know, return to source, whatever that might look like and pondering different ways of doing that and then it was really funny I thought well that's always available because I had a few good ways that I could do that a few (laughs) a few painless ways that I could do that I thought that's always available there it's sitting there and I thought but if I didn't right now if I just lived another week or a month what would I do and I thought well I'd probably still make movies because I just love doing that yeah they're fun so I'd still make movies and I thought and I'd still want to live sustainably even if I didn't wasn't really concerned about the state of the world. I'd still want to live sustainably because I like, you know, growing my own garden. I like the connection. I like feeling the seasons. So I'd probably still do that. And I systematically went through all the areas of my life and I realized that I'm doing all the things I love. I just had to change my perspective on them. And um, so then after that I returned to what – I returned to my life, I guess, with a renewed, renewed energy and perspective because I think that when people ask deep questions – sometimes they can get lost in them and they might end up in a bleak place but it's really my belief that the deeper you go the more you uncover a a serene and simple truth so it's important to to stay in that question and that shows up in relationships too i think there's a lot of people in relationships that believe that if they address a problem it's just going to feel worse so they try to particularly in marriages they'll try to just avoid the hard topics and my wife and I, I think that, and we talk about this in the power of the heart too, that when you show up fully and wholeheartedly and address everything, that's really where the love and the richness is. So it takes courage and that's the gentle courage that is the heart work, but it ultimately I think can lead to a more fulfilling existence.
1: Wow. So showing that, that idea of, of becoming truly vulnerable.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: With yourself and with others.
0: Yeah. And being okay with not having the answers for a while you know because it's just a journey but i but just because you don't have them it doesn't mean they're not there and so that's making peace with the journey
1: and there was a moment when you said um you said and at the bottom of those questions is the serene truth what did you discover was the serene truth for you or have you discovered that
0: yeah that's a <clears throat> that's a big topic but um i do uh, uh, it's funny because I think a lot of us operate on a particular foundation and it might be a foundation that we've learned from our parents or considered ourselves, but there's a belief system that we're operating on. And it's good, I think, to become conscious of that. It's good to ask yourself, what do I believe is the meaning of my life or the meaning of existence and, 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 fo- and firm up some solid ideas for those. Still be flexible, but I think it's useful to ask those sort of questions because that that bubbles up into every other action and belief that you ultimately take. So for me, I've <clears throat> I pondered those, and I think the biggest change for me, um, the secret was a big part of it. That is, whatever you focus on, you attract into your life. That's that's a huge a huge one to get. Um, which is essentially for those who haven't seen the secret, that's the the core teaching in that film. But I I also took a deeper look at the nature of the universe i would just look out at the universe and see its infinite nature seemingly that it would would go forever and i thought gosh what does that mean um and and as i pondered it more i thought about measuring that and how it seems immeasurable how infinity doesn't seem to be able to be measured and i thought well if you can't measure infinity can you measure any part of infinity because it's all just another must be infinite as well if there's a part of infinity and i thought so can i measure the distance from me to you or from my head to my toes or is that infinite as well and and so then I started to contemplate that maybe we're actually infinite beings in a space-time construct because space and time are interwoven I heard that so I thought maybe time is the same thing when did time start when did it end maybe that's infinite and every second therefore may contain infinity so as I pondered all this it all became (laughs) <laughs> quite quite fun and interesting and I'm, I'm certainly not a quantum physicist or a theoretical physicist or anything but I feel like there's this proof as we look around us out into the cosmos out into the universe that we are eternal beings but we have to have this space-time construct to be able to experience ourselves otherwise we're all of it all at once in no time and space and that's probably not much fun either so so when I got that I, I realized that it then just becomes which part of all that is do I want to experience? It all exists and it's all true and the world is evidence of that. There's so much going on in the world, everything you can imagine. But which part of it do I want to be? Which part of it do I want to experience? And that was, that was powerful for me because I didn't feel like anymore I had to deal with everything that exists in the world. I just had to choose which part of it I want to expand into. And that, and that is, I think, uh, a fairly... powerful realization
1: incredibly powerful and also just so i would imagine so freeing
0: yeah absolutely and so that that makes a huge amount of sense to me as well i needed something that made sense to me and i'm really happy for people to challenge that and for that to be and i'm really open to a new way of being but for now i i feel like for me it's really about recognizing that we have the potential to experience any aspect of infinity and choosing which one and that maybe I've also heard it said that we're the eyes and ears of God, which I thought was beautiful too. So perhaps it's through our choosing and our experiences that God gets to experience, that all that is gets to experience itself through us, which makes our, our journey particularly special.
1: And a responsibility.
0: Uh, if you choose that, see, I think the thing is that <clears throat> um, for people that might choose to make some darker choices and maybe be a little lost, that's also part of infinity. That's all, all part of all that is as well there's always the dark and the light and the up and the down. And so I think part of what was freeing for me is realizing that there wasn't really a responsibility that all of it is valid, all of it is part, uh, an aspect of the whole. It's just a choice. And that and that was part of the weight that lifted in my dark moment because I thought I don't I don't I let go of all that responsibility. But the irony was that I then returned to all of those choices with a, with a renewed energy and weightless responsibility that has been able to sustain me. Whereas a lot of people that dig into some deep stuff can get a bit sad over time, but (laughs) i but, but I've actually found that it renews me.
1: So that's important. You know, I once, I think it was in, um, Neil Donald Walsh's uh, conversations with God, where he, where he talks about what you're saying, that there is no right or wrong, there is no good or bad. And I remember the one way he described it was that if you put all colors together, it is, it is white and that it is all apart. Every color in there becomes the same. It's all, it's just different shades.
0: Yeah. Like a prism splitting out. Yes.
1: Well, that is a really beautiful perspective. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, to shift gears a little bit, I'd love to get into the power of the heart. Um, and what the message is in that movie. One of the things I loved is you start out the movie talking about an experiment that uh, HeartMath Institute did about the heart. I'd love for you to share, share a little bit about that with our listeners.
0: Sure. Well, the, um, the Institute of HeartMath, I met with them back in 2007, and they showed us some of the science they were doing um, that at that point was highly confidential, but is at a point now where it can be revealed? And What they discovered, which is a little bit world-shaking, is that the heart seems to know what's going to happen or the heart does know what's going to happen before it happens. And they did this in the context of some photos that they would um, display to people sitting at a computer. And before the photo was displayed, the heart would respond to it before the eyes had even seen it, like five seconds beforehand. And even more remarkably, and this is the part that I hope people really get in the film, is the photo hadn't even been chosen yet from the, from the random pool. So five seconds before it was even chosen and selected from a pool of photos, the heart knew which one was going to be randomly selected and started responding to it, whether it was a positive photo that the heart could relax into or a frightening image that the heart would respond to. So that's incredible and that's, that's really detailed in the, in the opening of the film and, and the implications of that are enormous um the sort of questions you have then is well how how much before the event does the heart know it's going to happen how what's the lead up time and roland at HeartMath was saying they'd test it up to 20 seconds but just because the experimental protocol is 20 seconds it doesn't mean it can't be a lot longer and so a lot of people experience that as intuition um you know sometimes even days or weeks or even years before something happens so then the Next question, which is really what the rest of the movie is about, is how can we tune in to that intuition? How can we strengthen that connection um, so that we can use that as a as a guide, a GPS for ourselves through our lives? Because it it certainly gives people. There are all kinds of people doing this now in business and sport, and all these people get that can get that edge if they can really tune into their uh, strengthen that heart connection.
1: And coming back just for a minute to this experiment. Why do you think it is that something like that is not plastered, you know, on the top news feed or why is that not widely spread?
0: Well, hopefully it is more and more with this film now. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty thrilled to have the chance to bring it to the screen actually, because I think it's so important. And so I really, I was very excited actually (laughs) flying out there to film it all and, uh, and I, I made an effort, often scientific papers are quite dry and not very easy for a lot of people to read, so I made, I made a really concerted effort to make it as simple as possible for people to, got, to grasp. I think that helps too. Hopefully people really get it.
1: Absolutely. And it's what you did with The Secret, right? You brought out these truths, that have, you know blending of modern science and ancient wisdom, and brought this truth out to billions of people.
0: Yeah, well, it's um, it's it's wonderful to see that people are, are are adopting these ideas. I mean, we're definitely part of a general shift um, where people are more and more open to these things. I think it's married with an increasing stress in life as well and a pace of the world. So, you know, I've heard it said, and I'm really open to the idea that there's perpetual balance all the time. Um, so, as things get more stressful, we naturally bring in new solutions to soothe us and connect us and remind us of who we are. So the balance is, um, the balance is, uh, always there.
1: Yeah. How do you, how do you view that shift? I've heard you talk about shifting from the age of reason to the age of wholeheartedness F- from your perspective. What is, how are you seeing that? What will it look like? How do you know that's happening?
0: Well, I don't know anything and I'm quite proud of that fact. Um, but <laughs> what I'm observing is that, um, is that we have more recently in, in the past few centuries science has become really important and so there's been a shift away from religion obviously as as people have moved more towards um, a belief in science but what's happening now is that science is starting to uncover some bizarre mysteries and what the bleep was wonderful for revealing this too science is uncovering a lot of bizarre mysteries that religion and spirituality have talked about for eons so And the the heart math experiment in the film is one of those. So I see that we're at an exciting point where we're actually able to start proving a lot of these esoteric concepts. And I know the Dalai Lama drives a lot of that as well and is is really interested in seeing all of their um, ancient methodologies tested scientifically. Um, So that's a really exciting time just to be alive, to see all of that. But it's not important to wait for those findings to be made. I mean, I love lucid dreaming, and I was having a conversation with someone once who was saying, well, I'm not going to believe anything until science proves it. And I said, yeah, but I'm having lucid dreams and whether science had proved it or not, I'm still having them. Um, so do you really want to wait for all these rich experiences to be proven before you start enjoying them? So it's, it's nice that there's this shift happening, but it's always been available to us and always is. And incidentally, lucid dreaming was proven <laughs> in the 70s by Stephen LeBerge as well, for people who are wondering.
1: Tell us a bit about, if you don't mind, I'm sh- you know, shifting gears a bit, but I would love to hear about your experiences. With, first of all, to explain to our listeners, what is lucid dreaming? And then what have your experiences been, if you don't mind?
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, I was, I was exploring various meditation practices or different daily practices that I could have. And I, I stumbled upon uh, lucid dreaming, my stepmother actually. Um, gave me a book that introduced me more to dreaming. And then I learned more about lucid dreaming. And I thought, wow, this is incredible. I started reading a ton about it. And essentially what it is, is being in a dream and realizing that you're in a dream while you're in the dream. So it's not waking up and remembering a dream and thinking, oh, that was a nice dream. Actually, while you're in the dream, looking around and saying, well, that's odd. Gravity was different or that text just changed. I'm actually dreaming right now. And what's phenomenal about that is that you are now in your subconscious you're journeying through your subconscious but consciously which seems like a bit of a paradox but it means that you can come face to face with some of the deeper workings of your psyche and lucid dreaming has been used for all kinds of uh all kinds of things from fantasy fulfillment there are people that just say i'm just going to fulfill all my fantasies in a dream where it's harmless um all the way through to people that are having really profoundly deep um, spiritual experiences and unity experiences. And somewhere in the middle, which is also wonderful, is people just dealing with some of the <clears throat> um, recurring nightmares they might be having or sleeplessness. And this is, this is a powerful lesson for life as well. But one of the best ways to deal with a recurring nightmare is to become lucid during the nightmare, which is not easy, but you can do it with practice. You become lucid during the nightmare as the monster's running after you and you turn and you face it and you say, what do you have to teach me? And when you do that, the, the monster always dissolves. It becomes friendly or it, it just evaporates or dissolves into your heart but disappears. Then you don't tend to have that dream anymore. And I've, I've even tried using this in life at certain times with someone that was really, I was having a lot of trouble with once. I, I turned to them and I thought, hmm, okay, <laughs> let's make this a waking dream. I said, what do you have to teach me? He was, he was really being horrid to me and, and saying all kinds of um, nasty things. So I thought I'd try it out. I said, what do you have to teach me? And he said, hmm, and he totally changed. He said, I, just, I guess you just remind me of myself when I was younger and that annoys me. There's all kinds of applications. Um, I think what's, what's interesting too is that I, I tend to find that I have lucid dreams when I'm most conscious in my most present in my waking life too, because it's the same skill. What you're trying to do is wake up from the dream, which is like what Eckhart Tolle would say about you know, creating a gap in thinking, catching yourself thinking and creating a gap in the thinking to be present. Exactly the same thing has to happen in a dream to become lucid. Uh, these days I'm not focusing fully on, on, the, on the lucid dreaming experience. I'm focusing more on lucid living, but I find a nice side effect is is uh <laughs> that you have more lucid dreams
1: how incredible and i think it 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 just goes to show i think when you when you first brought it up of sharing that science has to catch up to these experiences that are happening whether we are scientifically studying them or not right
0: yeah absolutely absolutely well, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of very strange Drew things. If you want to talk about um <laughs> something that's more applicable to business or the, you know, mainstream. Yeah. So let's
1: shift into, well, I could talk about the weird stuff all day long, but, um, <laughs> 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 but let's bring it back to reality. So one of the things you had mentioned earlier was about the heart in business is where we people come undone. What did you mean by that?
0: Oh, I just think that a lot of people, um, because of the pressures of business – um, and how how driven by the mind it often is. People say, "Yes, well, I can, you know, I can tune into my heart when I'm at home, but in the workplace, it's not really possible." And so, I, I um, it's it's wonderful to explore different ways that people can bring the heart into business. And there's already a lot of heart in a lot of businesses. A lot of the most successful businesses are uh, have come from a, a powerful heart place. But um, there's a few things that people can do that they can. Um, so they can keep their, their businesses um, tuned in and on track. And one of the useful distinctions, probably the most useful distinctions I've discovered around this, is really just to ask why. Being the why a lot, why is such a powerful question, I think why takes us closer to the heart. So why are we doing what we're doing? And if you ask why repeatedly, we can with you actually if you want. This is your new, new venture. Shall it is this? my
1: new – uh-oh.
0: <laughs> so – so first of all, how, how, would you, um, how would you summarize what your new podcast is about?
1: Uh, so The Cosmos in You is an exploration about the nature of reality.
0: And why are you doing that?
1: Because I am endlessly curious about the deeper questions of which are why. <laughs> why are we here? Um, who are we and why are we here?
0: Why do those, why do those questions interest you?
1: Hmm. Because they have nagged at me or tugged at my shirt sleeves for as long as I can remember.
0: Why do you think they're tugging at your t- shirt sleeves? <laughs> this is like my, my children. You know when your children go, "Why, Daddy?" This is like, yes, this
1: I is- do. It drives me <laughs> crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, well I'll, I'll play that role for a bit. <laughs> so, why why these questions tugging at your shirt sleeves? You um,
1: because I think knowing the answer to it and Uh, unveils a a new path for each of us. And I think that each of us translates that, why are we here so uniquely, um, that it is incredibly important to ask it of ourselves and to explore it of others.
0: Good. Now we're really getting somewhere. Why is that important?
1: Because I think it's meaningful. Um, I think meaning in life comes through that those deeper questions that that's where the juice of life comes
0: and now we could firm it up with an example have you got an example of that
1: well this you know me doing this podcast right this is what when i'm doing it compared to you know corporate work i did 10 15 years ago the level of excitement and giddiness and richness and fullness and all that juicy stuff is what I can feel in my bones. And I know the difference of this type of work versus work I've done. I, I've lived both lives and I can feel how it impacts me in every way of my life.
0: Yeah. And, there, and right there, you've just got to the heart, which is the sort of qualities you're describing, the giddiness, the enthusiasm, um, the, the richness and the fullness. They're all heart qualities. Yeah. So so asking why gets you all the way through to that. And that's possible in every business to ask why are we doing what we're doing. Um, and there's one other distinction that's useful as you're doing a why exercise, which is sometimes you can go down the um, the focusing on what we don't want path. Mm. And as you know, there's always the what we do want path. And so if you – because in a vision in, – sorry, in business, a vision is required. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you keep leaning into the what we do want, why, let why's take you to what you do want, lean there rather than leaning into what you don't want, you'll actually be able to actually form a powerful vision in, in that process if you don't already have it, or you will better remind yourself of that originating intent you once had and remember why it's important.
1: Mm, so good. And I think you're right that, you know, and just thinking about, I, I, I do executive coaching for companies and uh, for individuals around leadership. And I think this exercise could be done on everything from as a company to with each project with each meeting right
0: absolutely absolutely and hard math has said that you know meetings go so much better with the with the um, experiments they've done when people take a few moments to just take a few breaths <clears throat> breath is a really powerful way of um, evening out our heart rate variability so that we're functioning optimally so that our system is in is in its best state for creativity, for um, inspiration, for even intelligence and IQ. So some people will start meetings just with a few deep breaths, and there'll be less arguments. There'll be less less challenges in the meeting because there's more alignment. Which is actually uh, this amazing thing I heard um, that uh, if you put people's heart cells in a petri dish, mm-hmm. they all different people's heart cells they start to beat together as one. What? they all synchronize and be together as one yeah but if you put people's brain cells into a petri dish they they don't even connect they just shrivel up and die and i think that's a pretty no. good pretty good metaphor for a for a business meeting if you come to a meeting purely with your heads there's a good chance that the the meeting will shrivel up and die but if you come with your hearts as well there's the chance to synchronize and beat together as one and so so certainly taking some time to bring that intention to a meeting is great. And of course, of course, there can be some challenging bosses and it can be hard to put this in place with some people, but look, the tides are turning and you might find yourself in a, a different workplace where it is possible, or you might just do it for yourself. You can do this quietly, you know, with your eyes open sitting at the table. Um, so it's possible to do it no matter what the situation
1: I, I love that, especially that last one, because I think people's minds will immediately go to, I can't do that. That would never be acceptable, et cetera. But, but you're absolutely right. It starts with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It does. It does. And so, yeah, the other thing is when people are doing a brainstorming session, they can complement it with a heartstorm as well. So at the end of the brainstorm, you're saying, what do our hearts want to bring to this? Hmm. You can just do that as an addendum. Um as well as people are making their to do lists, they can make their to be list who they want to be and how they want to show up that's also powerful so there's a few a few ways that are available to everyone all the time
1: I love that to be list. I had never heard of that
0: yeah <laughs> it's um it's it's a useful distinction
1: yeah how do you bring i mean because you've you've reached a certain level of success and how do you bring these practices into your work, your, and your family, how, you know, knowing now what you've known and experience with all these incredible people, um, how do you find you bring it into your, your daily practice or routine?
0: Well, like so many people, I'm so busy that I don't want more things to do and, and heart work is not really about doing it 's more about the the feeling tone and, the, and and the being that we bring to the doing so what i what i 've found to be most useful for me is to actually weave these things into daily life into things i 'm already doing mm. so for example um, <clears throat> so for example i uh, when i 'm brushing my teeth, which I do every day, I think about what um what i can brush up on what i want to be how i want to show up today or what skill could i brush up on so i use that as a metaphor for that um this is a little bit odd but I, it's it's useful so i'll share it <laughs> when i'm sitting on the toilet i think about what i want to what i want to let go of mm. um because that's also a quiet moment everyone has so what do you want to let go of what uh what behavior what memory that isn't serving you, that's playing out in your mind, what do you want to let go of? I find that to be really powerful. For example, yesterday I was thinking, what do I want to let go of? I want to let go of the kids coming in in the morning so excited and jumping on the bed and, you know, kneeing me in the chest and <laughs> all that, yes. and I want to let go of the of the, the way that I just lay there gradually trying to come to mm. And then don't really get to experience the joy of them in the morning. I want to. How can I? How can I let go of that tiredness of waking up so that I can be really present to that? And I realised I just need to set an alarm for them ten minutes earlier than me. So I do that now. Mm. We set. We give them alarm, and they say you can get up when you hear the alarm. And we set ours ten minutes earlier, so my wife and I get a moment just to wake up together, and I can uh, meditate for a few minutes. Then in come the kids, and I'm ready to. Show up for them. I did that today. That was the first day doing that. So I get these. You can get these nice insights from that process. What do I want to let go of? What do I want to brush up on? And uh, and the other one is, as I get into my car, I might need to back up for this a little bit. Actually, um, one one thing I learned making the power of the heart um, from a friend Sheva is that a lot of doorways were made lower in the past. Um, you know, they they discover all these old houses and they've got really low doorways. And they thought that was because people were short, but apparently it was also because people would lower their doorways, so that as they stepped through them, they would bow, and they would bow their head beneath their heart to remember that their heart is master, and their head is a faithful servant. So they would bow through a doorway. And um, for a while, when I was making the power of the heart, I hung um, some a blanket up on the doorway um, to my bedroom in in the apartment I was in, but I was going through that so many times. It was, (laughs) I was going in and out of my bedroom so many times in a day that it it, it became overkill. So now, um, I'm, I'm doing as I step into the car cause you often have to bend down to get into a car. Well, in Australia you do. The cars are really big in America, (laughs) but in in Australia (laughs) you generally have to bend down to get into your car, not like reach up and (laughs) take five. The Hummer. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So if you have a, you can look for a way where there's a bow already in your day and you can use that to remind yourself that you're, um, you're bowing your head to your heart, that it's master. So there's a, there's a few ways and you can find your own ways. And if you think of any new ones, you know, send me an email through my site or something. I love this. It's a great conversation. How can we, how can we bring a practice into our lives without necessarily taking um, more time or becoming another thing on our to-do list?
1: I cannot tell you how much I just love what you just shared. I often share with people because when they say, how do I quiet my mind? How do I, I have this anxiety. I can't sleep. I, you know, all these types of things. And they know these tools of meditation and, you know, these extra things that you're talking about. And, and we talk about how important, you know, hygiene is. You floss every day, you brush your teeth, you go to the bathroom, et cetera. And so I've said, you know, these tools are similar to, they should be similar to that, but I've never put them together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few more as well, but I'll, I know we're getting close to our time. But that and it's fun to be creative with. I actually think that people remember and do things more, and this has been proven actually when they have their own aha moment about it. So it's one thing for you know you or I to suggest things, but even more powerful for people to come up with their own practices that instill you know the most important qualities into each day. So so yeah, explore and have fun with it, and um, and when you have a big aha, you will remember it.
1: So great. There's so many practical applications of, to to your point saying earlier, of how you walk through life truly alive and awake.
0: Yeah, but don't listen to me. I'm just the director. Do do see the film. There's some amazing people in the film. Um, And it was really my honour and pleasure to interview them and fire some of the big questions at them. I had some some big ones of my own, like if the heart's so powerful, why is it so easily broken? And I I had a whole lot of questions for them. I love asking the tough questions. So, so um, do check out the movie um, and and let me know what you think.
1: Yeah. Where can they, where can everybody find the movie?
0: Um, I believe it's on Amazon now, but it's always on iTunes. Um, uh, On iTunes, obviously you'll see it in HD, which is nice. So you can rent or buy it on iTunes and, uh, and also Amazon. You can get it on DVD if you prefer that way
1: great and then the website's poweroftheheart.com
0: yeah yeah the com. yeah
1: and where else can they find out more about you is that the best place
0: uh yeah sure um there's my own website which is evolving and and uh but really if you want to follow on facebook or twitter or instagram um that's a that's a, a good way to stay in touch and see what's happening is with each new new project so yeah it's it's wonderful to hear from the community. And I actually, I actually really like engaging the community and hearing people's thoughts and questions. I, I love all of that. It's, it's one of the best parts is chatting to people after they've seen a film or at a premiere. That's really good fun for me.
1: That's great. So everyone be sure to reach out and, and follow up. Well, thank you, Drew so much. I mean, my head is spinning from all of the, you know, SmackDown wisdom that you just shared. Um, uh, both from a profound and philosophical as well as the everyday practical. So thank you so much for, for sharing all of that today.
0: Thanks, Susanna. Thanks for having me. Best, best of luck with your, your powerful podcast.
1: Thank you, Drew. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did, and I would love to continue the conversation with each of you over at our Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash Cosmos in you, or our Twitter page. The Twitter handle also is Cosmos in you. And of course, at our website, cosmosinu.com. Again, thank you so much for listening in. I'm so grateful to each of you to be able to share this shared passion and look forward to seeing you next time.